Culture. I'm your host, Nathan Staples, and joining me this week are Eric Devin and Philip Bargio. It's Halloween, and with the ghosts and ghouls coming out from everywhere tonight, who's tricked us and who's treated us this weekend in French football? We find out that and more after the latest headlines from Eric. PSG started match day 11 off with a 1-0 win at Lille. Edinson Cavani squandered a host of chances before knitting the match's solitary goal 20 minutes from time. Saturday's early match saw Leon 1-2-1 at Toulouse. Well, despite Rafael's red card, Alexander Lacazette scored a brace to power Legon to their first win in nearly a month in Ligue 1. Saint-Étienne had a, uh, drew 1-1 with Monaco, both goals coming from free kicks from central defenders as Camille Glick and Louis Perrin cancelled out each other's scores. Bastia were held 0-0 by Dijon at home. Baptiste René being decidedly the man of the match with a string of stunning saves to keep the Corsican side at bay. Gangomp won 1-0 at home to Angers. Substitute Neil Depaul with a late winner for the hosts, who are now up to fourth in the table. At Lorient, Montpellier came from behind with a goal and an assist from Morgan Sanson to draw against Le Merlou 2-2. In Nancy, the hosts won 2-0 against Caen, with the visitors' relegation woes being deepened thanks to two early goals. On Sunday, Nice defeated Nantes 4-1 thanks to a brace from William Cyprian to remain in control in, in first place in Liga. While Rennes defeated Metz at home 1-0 thanks to Wesley Said, who now has two goals in two matches. And Monica, or Marseille were held nil-nil uh, by Bordeaux, both teams employing new, new formations but earning a somewhat blasé result. And meanwhile, in Ligue 2, Brest can go five points clear with a win this evening against Lens. That's all the news for now. For the latest as it happens, head on over to our website at getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. Thank you, Eric. And just to add some injury news to that news that we've just given you is that 36-year-old Bastia defender Sebastian Squillace, formerly of Arsenal, has been ruled out for at least six months after suffering suffering an ACL injury. It was suffered during the game against Dijon at the weekend. He was substituted at half-time. But many are speculating whether this or might be a career-ending injury for the Frenchman. There is worry that it might be it for him. Well, we move on to more, hopefully, cheerier things. And that's, we start with the champions who uh, kicked off this weekend with a 1-0 win against Lille. But that did not come without some hardship. Edison Cavani missed a number of chances in the game before netting the his league-leading 10th goal of the season. But, <clears throat> Philip, is the lack of goals in, this game, in, in games for Paris Saint-Germain becoming a real worry? Um... It's starting to uh, to look like it could it could happen. We saw that last weekend against Marseille, where it was um, extremely hard to play against uh, that back five. Marseille didn't even have a shot on goal all game, and it is there's no denying that PSG are a much level threat going forward with Latam gone and with Latam not being not being replaced. There's uh, also a distinct uh, uh, lack lack of. Um, um, shall we say level um, l- level being played by uh, Angel Di Maria, who should be playing better, which is not saying he's having a bad season, but um, people are expecting to see the Angel Di Maria who uh, 
played so well in the first half of last season, and uh, he's not quite doing that this season. Again, not not meaning that uh, he's uh, he's not having a, a great season. So yeah, I I think Peugeot, just like just like all the other seasons, are going to have to work to get their goal because they're going to play against teams who sit deep, um, refuse to play football, just like last season. But um, last season they had uh, much more options. Dimitri was m much more in form. Zlatan could get them out of jail um, a couple of times last season. So it's a bit harder. It's a bit harder. But uh, I reckon they, they are. I mean, they, they are getting they are getting the wins. But I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone bought in um, in January. Eric, let's talk about this game as a whole. I mean, Lille obviously set up with defence in mind, playing essentially two of the usual fullbacks in the wing positions. But again, it was as a case of team pulling a lot of players back and Paris Saint-Germain really struggling to to break that down. Is that, as going forward, is that, starts to become a, a concern that if they can't break teams down and teams keep nicking these draws, that they're going to start falling further and further behind the likes of Nice and Monaco. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I think it is important to mention that, you know, while Cavani did have a host of chances in this match, the goal itself actually did come from an error from Renato Civelli, the real centre-back. So, uh, PSG didn't really make this goal on their own, as it were. It was it was more down to an error on Lille's part. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I you know I I read in the league on review that's coming out tomorrow that I think that uh, Emery is is really missing a trick by not giving Jean Kevin Augustin a chance in this in a match like this ahead of the Champions League uh, with an international break uh, to follow after next weekend. Um, there really should be a chance for the youngster to get to get in. Uh, last season at this time, for example, he was playing with uh, the youth team, um, and so he was he was playing regular football between that and his his play with the under 19s. Uh, he's been playing recently with the under 21s, but for someone who scored six goals in five matches in the under 19 Euros this summer, uh, the, the fact that he's only played less than an hour of football this season, in which he scored and had an assist against Caen, uh, it's unbelievable that he's not been given even an iota of a chance by. By Emery, does he really feel that Cavani is needed to start in every single match? And it seems to be the case. And I really worry about how that's going to not only affect Augustin's development, but it creates a natural competition for Cavani. I think that part of the lackadaisical attitude of some of PSG's players last season uh, under Blanc, and maybe this season as well, has been simply down to a lack of competition. Uh, not Knowing that their place in the team is secure, even if they are playing poorly, Di Maria is another one, uh, for example, who could benefit from from perhaps sitting out a match or two, uh, then a, a sense of complacency starts to sit in, and they're not they're not playing with the, the hunger and the drive necessary to succeed on a, in a, in a given week. Um, and I think that's why we've really seen uh, PSG come unstuck a little bit uh, against the likes of Monaco and Toulouse and league teams that are that are playing with with a hunger that that's uh, that's not evident in the champions. I think that could really come back to bite them. This trip, Basel aren't the force they've been in recent years, but this trip to Switzerland uh, this week, uh, you know, could be could be dangerous. Anything less than a win there really puts them in in real jeopardy ahead of uh, not 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 qualifying, but uh, finishing second in the group, which would be a real disappointment uh, ahead of them, their trip to uh, the Emirates in three weeks' time. It's quite interesting because this this group is um, is very intriguing. Both sides level on seven points, and neither have have been to Switzerland yet. So they've both been Baal uh, at home. 
convincingly, convincingly, I reckon, uh, Arsenal well, beating them. Sorry. I, I mean, I, Philip, I'm not. You know, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to cut get in here, but no, no uh, worries. Did, you watched the match against Basel. I would not call that convincing performance whatsoever. No, no, I, I was, um, I was talking about the scoreline. It was absolutely not convincing. About uh, in the game, of course, uh, I, I didn't watch the game. I watched the highlights, but uh, yeah, I don't see how PSG got that Sweeney win. Now, I was, I was only talking about the uh, the scoreline and Arsenal won two 0 I didn't watch that um, that two 0 win, but uh, it was. You're, you're right. It was, it was, it was not convincing at all. With Basel hitting the woodwork two or three times, maybe three. I think yeah. three. Um, and um, and like I said, yeah, neither Arsenal and neither PSG have gone to have gone to Bal. They're a bit far behind. I mean, they've only got a point uh, Bal. So I don't think the qualification is in jeopardy for either Arsenal or PSG. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see who fails to win if if one of them uh, does uh, does fail does fail to win. Because I don't know. I don't see this as being a, a, as an easy place to go to. No, and I'm, I'm certainly not expecting. I'm certainly not expecting to go there and uh, see PSG waltz. Uh, uh, is that is this is this Swiss side uh, three three or four nil? Just it it just doesn't seem like that kind of season. No, and Basel aren't that kind of team, especially at home. No. I mean, I, I remember a number of English sides having problems with them in Switzerland. Back if you remember, Man United had problems with them. Chelsea had an issue with them a few years ago. Liverpool didn't have a an easy time yeah. of it. I think it was last year that they played them as well in the Europa League. So, no, to it's think not... of it, I'm a bit surprised that they didn't beat Ludogorets. I mean, it does seem on paper quite, you know, surprising because, I mean, they, they are a better team. I mean, no, we're not Swiss or Bulgarian football experts, but so we can all agree on, on something like that, even though it's only one, one result. But, um, yeah, I, for one, I'm looking forward to it. And it's going to be interesting as well, adding to that, that the Serge Aurier isn't in the side, despite the team mm. saying he's fit, he's just been left out. So it, it was the same case against Lille, although in the build-up he wasn't fit and then he was declared fit just before the game, but was left out anyway. Um, is that a sign of maybe his antics coming up against him, Philip, or is this just a case of maybe resting him for a little while and taking him out of the limelight a little bit after what has been a so-so start to the season for the Ivorian? Hmm. He's made a yeah. He's made a couple of a couple of mistakes. Um, I think it's um, also Unai's way of uh, giving um, some kind of a confidence vote to uh, to Meunier. Uh, don't um, um, I don't know how you saw him uh, at uh, at Lille. He didn't get uh, great uh, great ratings from uh, in in the media. Um, so it's good to to see that he's he's uh, giving his confidence to, to to Meunier. I think this is this is a way we should look at it, whilst as being a punishment to year more of uh, telling telling Munier, okay, you're a PSG player, you uh, you are able to express yourself, go and play a Champions League match um, in a hard, in a tough place uh, to uh, to play in, and you know enjoy yourself. I think, I mean, I, I see this more uh, just uh, that way. And and, and Eric, I mean, Munier was decent enough I think against Lille he had a couple of times where he, he got in behind the defence but both the fullbacks were really restricted by the style that Lille decided to sit out with do you think it, it's a good idea to bring Aurier out of the firing line or is it maybe a risk to take someone who can bring that kind of quality out of the side for when they are not hitting on all cylinders 
Yeah, I, I do think that Aurier is, is a much better player than Mounier. I don't think he was very impressive at, at, against Lille. Julian Palmieri turned him a little bit too easily uh, more than a few times. And I think that uh, Aurier's directness and his aerial ability, well, let's not forget that despite his size, he's also a pretty decent header of the ball, I think make him a, a really attractive opponent. He's also a lovely crosser of the ball. Uh, he's The way he attacks things is more much more direct. It makes him a good counterbalance for Kurosawa. The, both the energy and the directness with which both players play, uh, I think, makes them uh, unable to have teams shift off onto one or the other. Uh, whereas Mooney is a good player, but he's, his style is a little bit more elegant. He's uh, more willing to try and get by players than run at them and use his physicality. He's he's very tall and very lanky, but he doesn't have that that sort of bundle of energy style that uh, the more compact uh, Aurier does. Uh, in terms of him being out of the firing line, I mean... That I don't know. I, I maybe with the international break coming up and uh, Aurier likely to be recalled for the Ivory Coast, uh, Emery's just being cautious. Uh, but now that we're now that these links to Barcelona are, are cropping up for Aurier, I wonder if uh, this isn't another power play by Emery. We've talked about this already um, mm. as regards the likes of, of Verratti being removed. Uh, and Di Maria being removed uh, a, um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, both players are seem to be extremely upset coming off the pitch. Uh, so bearing that in mind, I, I wonder if that's not uh, sort of an underlying tendency here. I, don't, I haven't followed Emery's career closely enough to know whether or not um, that's, been an, that's been an issue. I, I'm familiar with his time at Sevilla, but uh, his previous spells uh, at, at Cheska Moscow and uh, at Valencia in Spain, I don't really know whether that was his style. Um, it'd be interesting to know if, if you know, uh, trying to have this iron-fisted style is something he does try to dictate to teams. Um, but it, it's it's really hard to have a, a concrete answer on this if we know it's whether it is Emery's style. Or maybe if it's not a part of his past, uh, he feels that this move up to PSG, who whose ambitions are, I mean, no offense to Sevilla or Valencia, uh, his... Their PSG's ambitions are of a much higher level than are um, than are those those clubs, and he wants to stamp, make his mark on the club, stamp stamp his authority on the club uh, in a more decisive way uh, in taking that step up. I hope no Valencia fans are listening to that, but they because they are notoriously um, wanting to be better than Barcelona and Real Madrid every year. So <laughs> I don't think they're at least the fans' ambitions might be a bit. Oh, certainly. I mean, this, they are a club that's. You know, enjoyed last European success. I just meant uh, in yeah. terms of financial <laughs> financial wherewithal and ambition in the Champions League uh, uh, at present. I'm being a will- willing jester poking the bear. That's all. Uh, all right, fair <laughs> enough. Fair uh, enough. Philip, I, I do want to mention the man who did score that winner in Edison Cavani. Yeah, he, he had another. It's a strange one to say that it, <laughs> someone who's scored the winning goal, he's a league leading tenth goal, one of the best strike rates in Europe, but. Still, it, it doesn't seem like he's quite hitting the level we're wanting to. Is is it still a case of it, he needs to go in that extra mile yet and he's not really fully clicked? Or do you think that it, we're maybe being a little bit harsh on him now? I don't think we're being harsh on him at all. The thing is, he is so um, unpopular with, with the fans and uh, a lot of people don't really believe in him. Um, that uh, He can be Piaget's main striker when you compare him to uh, great sides. 
um, let's let's say uh, Benzema, Real Madrid, Lewandowski, Bayern Munich, etc., uh, is just not up to that kind of level. And uh, if he gets, yes, he scored ten goals uh, in Liga, and um, it just you know it it just will never be enough. I feel sorry for the guy really because. He just uh, you you just can't uh, waste all these all these chances. Miss an open goal um, against Marseille, um, just waste all these opportunities against Arsenal, which uh, cost Pierre a draw. It just I I just think that the the general public will never you know uh, warm to him unless unless he just you know starts banging four or five goals a game until until May. But uh, he's really up against it. Um, and it's just not, uh, yeah, it's just not uh, happening well enough for him. So he can, I mean, he's probably going to finish with 20 to 25 goals, but you know, it's still going to be that kind of season where, he's, where the fans are going to say, "Well, we need a we need a proper striker now," which is harsh, very harsh. Well, yeah, I was engaging in a bit of banter on Twitter during the match with uh, Andrew Gibney, the French football writer, and mm-hmm. you know, I I tweeted, "Oh, you know, at this rate, Cavani would finish with 34 goals." That would still seem disappointing. He's <laughs> literally being presented with the chances to, to obliterate Ibrahimovic's record for a league on season. He gets mm. for 50 goals if he's being presented with the, the sort of chances he was against a Lille team that were set up to defend, mind you. Yeah. Um, it really is absurd. I, I think that, you know, I understand not dropping against Basel. That's a must-win match. But, uh, you know, PSG's next two matches are, I believe, against Ren and Ant. Drop him for one of those. Start Augustin up top. See what happens. I think that there need there really needs to, he really needs to be pulled out of the firing line because you have to wonder I mean what what effect this is having on him him mentally as well he's finally been given a chance to play as a striker at PSG after two seasons of you know working hard not complaining mm. playing play left of a four two three out of position doing the hard work tracking back uh, mm. he's he's his effort can't be faulted I mean, he's he's a very willing worker. Um, and I, I do, you know, appreciate him as a player for that. But the fact of the matter is, a striker, as you and as we rightly mentioned, at a top club, uh, you know, with those European ambitions, whether it's a Suarez, Lewandowski, uh, Higuain, uh, needs to be uh, more clinical. And and Cavani just hasn't been that uh, since he's since he's been played in this role. You know, accepting that match against Kong. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating that he seems to have a, a little bit of everything still, bar that last little piece, which is actually scoring a goal. It seems oh, a strange thing to to. I was to uh, we were all wondering really because we knew Slatan was going to to leave. Who would be a decent uh, decent replacement? I didn't really come up with a single name, but uh, now I think I do have one. Of course, it's too late because first of all, the transfer window is shut, and as a player just moved club, it would be Kevin Gamero. I think it would have been good for that guy to return to PSG and uh, be the uh, be the central man, but uh, PSG decided to go for Neymar, who is a, a not a not a centre forward per se. We can, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he can do a job there. Um, and uh, you know what? I would have I would have liked that. I would have liked that very much. That's just you know me moaning as usual. <laughs> and paying out of the year and, and trying to convince Barcelona to let go of one of their best players is maybe the wrong tactic to go for. Um, d- just a final word, uh, Eric, really on Lille. And, and like we've mentioned, they did set up um, incredibly defensively, in all honesty, with the fullbacks playing further forward. But they did craft a couple of chances, at least, and had maybe one or two scares. They weren't completely passive. Was this a, a sign of them at least moving slowly at maybe a glacial rate in the right direction? Uh, 
I mean, the chances that I that I saw for me were really from set pieces, and I I I think that I don't I don't think that Antonetti should have should have opted to set up in this way. I think that uh, it left at air too isolated, even even when Palmieri and Corsia did cut in uh, from the wings. But it, yeah, it, it, he the team did look a little bit brighter with the introduction of Sleety and, and Basuma in the second half. But those two should have been starting from from the off. Play a four three three. You're at home. Uh, that formation, that personnel worked well last season, uh, and go from there. I, or sorry, last season, last week, um, and uh, that that's what needs to continue. I also think that uh, I'm still a little confused as to why he decides to start Frank Beria over Julian Palmieri. I think Palmieri had a pretty good match on Friday evening. Uh, his ability to pull the ball wide and, and get in decent crosses is something that I don't think Beria offers. And he he's got much more of an ability to stretch play and make space for for the likes of Sleety uh, on that left wing. But yeah, I think Antonetti really missed a trick. I understand PSG or this behemoth, this juggernaut, and teams want to set out to nick one. But the fact of the matter is, if you're playing with wingbacks, it's it's really hard to play on the counter if there's no if if there's no one that's uh, got the pace to get at to get at those defenders. Um, if you're, you've got Ed Air by himself in that central midfield um, that they played, uh, there's just not, there's just not going to be the coherence. I mean, Rio Mavuba, Ibrahim Amadou, you know, don't get me wrong, I, you know, I appreciate the, their places and what they've done, but they're not going to be the kind of player to to start a counterattack. You know, Sankare, you know, they're central midfielders. They're not going to break, and you're never going to get numbers up on the counter uh, if it's just Palmieri and and Korsha, uh running those wings. No, it was. It looked like a strange decision on paper, and it and it turned out to not really help them, especially when there was a couple of chances for Di Maria in behind where he probably should have really grabbed one. But another one for Paris Saint Germain that moves them a little bit closer to the league leaders. But another side who finally halted the slide this weekend was Leon, who got a slot, a relatively solid victory, you would say, over Toulouse, who are high flying themselves. Where. Genesio was sort of changed again to a really attacking 4-4-2, Eric, with two, um, both Gazal and Cornier playing on the wings. Um, is that a flash in the pan, or is that something they can maybe look to use as going forward, especially in Liga? Um, you know, it's really tough to say. They had employed a similar 4-4-2 uh, two seasons ago. They used a double pivot of... Oh, sorry, three seasons ago. They used to double pivot of Gita Fofana and Maxime Gonalon, uh with Grenier and Brion wide. And uh, those two strikers were Gomis and uh, um, Lacazette up top. Uh, and, and that obviously worked fairly well. Um, and the team did nick, uh, did nick uh, I think, fourth place that season and, and did decently well in the Europa League. Uh, but it's tough to tell because I, I, do, I do worry about the amount of protection that particularly with particularly Corne and Gazal offer those fullbacks. Again, I think playing Morel, as I had mentioned previously, that gets it right. Um, Morel had a pretty solid match uh, and allowed Corne to get forward, but on the opposite flank, again, this is why Christoph Jolly, happy birthday, by the way, uh, is a big miss. <laughs> uh, and Raphael just isn't, isn't cut out to, to, to operate uh, as a right back in a, in a flat four. Um, and and that's that's what really is the issue to me. If, if you're going to do that, uh, because you're you're also losing the protection of Toliso as he gets forward, uh, who had you know he had that great pass for Lacazette's second. Um, 
there's there's a necessary element of risk there. I I, I totally laud um, Genesio for uh, playing with that amount of positivity, but uh, I just worry about um, the solidity it provides the team going the other way. Now they did sort of ride their luck a little bit against Toulouse, so I I'm gonna go with the answer horses for courses. The team rode their luck here, uh, but I don't think this is going to be the type of formation they could employ against, say, uh, Juventus this midweek. No, and it was nice of Genesio to uh, completely silence my criticism, thinking that <laughs> it's looking at that starting lineup that we're conceding plenty of goals, so let's just try and hammer in as many as we can possibly do before the opposition wake up. Um, but, it, uh, Philip, it's a good result, really, for them against a side against... Someone like Toulouse, who, especially at home this season, have been picking up big wins against Monaco and Paris Saint-Germain. So is it, could this be a real confidence booster for Lyon going forward that they've beat maybe a team that's a bit more, um, been more pretty successful in Ligue 1 this season and that they can maybe pick up from there? It was um, it was definitely good news after what happened uh, at uh, at home to uh, to Gagol, especially just before a, uh, a Champions League um uh, key game is, is it was very offensive. I mean, four four two. We have Gezal, you have Gezal on the on the right, Corny on the left, and the, up to, the two up front. Um, you didn't cause that much problems in the first half, and the chances were actually very few and far uh, between. And um, I, I, I don't know if you mentioned it, Eric. The penalty, one hundred percent or fifty fifty or not at all. I'll go with fifty fifty. Like I said, I yeah. I kind of think Leon rode their luck with this one. Yeah, I, I think it's a bit. I mean, I think it's it's um, it's a bit harsh. I, I think if if my side had the, would have to concede uh, that kind of penalty would have been, you know, would be a bit um, disappointing. I can see why the, the ref did uh, did give it. Um, concede concede a goal on a set piece again, and um, sec- second half second half was uh, was a bit better, albeit uh, with uh, with that uh, that sending off. You know they kept um, they kept the shall I say uh, they didn't concede any uh, they didn't concede any goals. There was one late penalty shot also, and um, it's it's still it's still good for their for their confidence. Now we talked about uh, Piaget's trip to Basel, uh, so you'll have to go to uh, Juventus. And I, for one, I'm quite confident that if Genesio parks the bus, which you know I'm I'm kind of hoping he he uh, he does. Um, I, I can see, I can see a nil-nil there. That's me being extremely hopeful. I don't know what you guys think. I'm just, or maybe, maybe I'm being too optimistic in a neg- in a negative way. That is. Well, I, I do want to question you that Eric. He, he might part the bus, but a nil-nil is surely really a death sentence for Leon in in that game, isn't it? In that in that Champions League group, especially if Sevilla pick up a win. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, you know, that'll that'll put Sevilla top and. Just leave Juventus with the task of beating, pardon me, uh, Dinamo Zagreb. Well, will Leon uh, have to beat Sevilla? Uh, and you know what are the odds there? I mean, I, I would give Leon, you know, maybe a little bit less than even on that, uh, given that that match is at the Parco Well. But it's, you know, they've all got uh, Zagreb to play once more, which should be three points for everybody, and that's not going to change the way the standings are right now, which would see uh, Leon in the Europa League and at that chance. They need they need to win this match. But well, um, yeah. 
if if you finish third, I mean, what 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 do you think? Yeah, a lot a lot of things could happen until February. But um, if you finish third, which uh, I think we 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 can all predict that it, that uh, could happen. Um, what would Genesio's tactic would be? I mean, would he would he field um, a second string side, uh, plays the plays the youngsters, um, and uh, try and go all out for for uh, again uh, nicking a Champions League spot? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't I don't really think that you want this Europa League spot at all, really. Yeah, and it's a more, more of a hindrance, uh, just like it is for Nice. It is a difficult one with with someone like Dinamo being whipping boys in that group as well, and yeah. and it makes a good point there, Eric. Of, of if they do end up finishing third in that group, is it a case of? I suppose it depends on where Leon are in the league at that point. But is it a case of would Genesio essentially throw the the Europa League away and and allow young players to try and flourish in that, or does he try and actually win a trophy there where Leon maybe stand a chance if they get? A good draw and a couple of other maybe mediocre sides fall into there. Yeah, I mean let's let's not discredit the Europa League. I mean there's there's going to be some very strong third place teams there. I mean we look at uh, say the group that has uh, Borussia Dortmund and Real Madrid in there. Uh, Sporting Club de Portugal are a really strong team, for example. There's going to be some heavyweight teams in there, uh, but uh, I think that I think that given the lack of squad depth. Uh, that Leon ha- have. I mean, they've really struggled with injuries this season. I don't think that uh, pursuing the Europa League would be uh, the wisest decision. Maybe Genesio is going to be tempted to do this if they get, you know, a really marquee draw against a big team. Uh, I mean, they, let's see, they've placed the likes of Juventus and Spurs in recent seasons in this competition, and, and that's been something that's made the current managers at the time uh, really want to go all out. And and uh, I can't say I blame them for that. Those are, you know, uh, high ex- high exposure. Uh, attention-getting fixtures, but if you're going to get, say, oh, I don't know, Basel or Southampton, no offense to Southampton fans, I understand this will attract a lot of attention in England, uh, but it's not a marquee fixture of the likes of you know, um, Inter Milan, somebody like that. Um, so I think that there's going to be a necessary level of, of caution. I, you know, if, you, if he gets the likes of, say, Gata Fofana and Clement Grenier back in the team and playing well, uh, then you're going to have a little bit more depth in midfield. But uh, at the time, for the time being, uh, this is a team that struggled too much with injuries and any additional fixture congestion is going to really be unwelcome. That being said, I think the Europa League round of 32 is late or mid-February. Um, so it really depends on Leon's position at, at the table at the time. If they feel that uh, they can be back in, uh, back in the top three, say if they're within, you know, five points to the top three at that point in time. Uh, I think their focus should be on the league. Maybe domestic cup run, uh, seeing how mm-hmm. things come out. Uh, they'll have played, I think, two rounds of the Coupe de France by then, uh, and there'll also be the Coupe de la Ligue as well. So uh, there's a, there's just really too many variables at this point to, to give a, a solid answer on that. But my, my inclination would be no, given the lack of squad depth uh, thus far. Mm, yeah, it's, 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 we don't know yet what kind of season you are are, are doing. Even though we've already had 11 games, it's uh, lots of uh, surprising defeats, getting back on your feet, um, but no real um, run of form, which is um, yeah, which is which is a shame, really. What was PSG not being that good? Um, we have uh, we have Nice, of course, who are having a wonderful wonderful season, scoring plenty of goals, being quite uh, entertaining to uh, to watch. So it really is a shame that um, Lyon 
are just um, not being regular enough in in their in their performances. Mm. And it's yeah, it's going to be a strange one if they do drop into the Europa League and, and how they start trying to balance everything from there. But mm. an, another odd story coming out of of Leon was sort of emanated this morning where the club were forced to take to Twitter to deny false rumours that um, their midfield of Matteo Verbuena had died with the um, rumours starting on the platform over the evening. They they described the actions of individuals spreading the rumours as horrific, inhumane and shameful. But Philip, it's, it's such a strange thing for a club to have to come out and confirm just in case anyone was wondering. Yeah. It, it's glad to say it's okay, but does it really show that how Valbuena sort of sank in the opinion of a of, of few people that someone's willing to try and spread something, these sort of vicious rumours? I don't know. Um, I'm not sure. I, I really don't know what to make of this. It was actually you who who uh, who got the news to me because uh, the uh, the Twitter feeds, the Twitter uh, yeah feeds started uh, in the middle of the night, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just uh, and and I I I I catched up with that news um, the day of of today. Not quite sure how how old those are guys who uh, who who posted that. Uh, I don't know if they hate Valbuena. They want they want him out of out of Lyon. It's just it's just completely stupid. I mean, it's just I mean, why? Just why? What are they hoping to achieve by doing that? It's just I don't I don't get it. It's no. <laughs> and and Eric, your thoughts on it? It's it's such an absurd thing to to try and spread a rumor, and it's and it's. I don't understand the viciousness of it, and and why someone would attempt to try and do that to to, to a player, to anyone, really. I just I think it's a it's a it's an anger from uh, Leon fans over the fact that Valbuena has not not been not panned out. I mean, his arrival uh, prior to last season was seen as a sort of bulwark against the long term injury of Fakir when that did happen, uh, and it really didn't come off that way. But the fact of the matter is. It's not this player's fault. There are a number of factors that have been working against him. Uh, his age, being played out of position. Uh, when he was played in that diamond four four two by by Fournier, it was with uh, Lacazette and Bovu, who, you know, obviously we know uh, how well he fit in with the team. Um, and how much it, you liked him? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and and so yeah, there's a number of mitigating factors, but. I really have to feel for Valbuena. I mean, this is a player who was starting World Cup matches just over two years ago, yeah. um, and you know had a wonderful career uh, for for Marseille. Uh, didn't do too badly uh, during his time at Russia either. I know that's a little bit lower standard of play than the in his league, but I, he's not ever been given the chance to play in his preferred position in in system that suits his play. And I I really do feel for him. Uh, my hope, perhaps, is that uh, he, he gets a move to. Uh, a, another league on a club, perhaps on loan for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, a team like Dijon, for example, uh, have looked really, really decent at the back uh, and could, you know, really do with that sort of creative impetus. Maybe an Angers, uh, a team that's, that could potentially push for Europe and is missing a creative uh, impetus after the long term injury suffered by Ketko Ampon. Um, again, I'm just throwing ideas out here, but. I think a move like that could really do do well for him, just to get him out of the out of the spotlight, out of away from the big club like Leon, allow him to sort of rekindle his career. I'm not 
suggesting that he should have a return to France, to the France squad. That you know, not not the age of thirty-two, but uh, I think I think there's still life left in in Valbuena's career, and it, you know, it would be good to see him um, end things on a on a bit of a higher note uh, than the sort of the abuse and the mess that he's endured uh, during his time with Leon. Yeah, maybe he needs those refreshing healing waters down in Nice, maybe, that, <laughs> that seem to have refreshed a number of players over the last couple of years. But I would think uh, sides like Dijon and Angers would jump uh, jump at the chance of having a player of Arbuena's quality and in their squad. It's just that uh, they have to afford his wages, which are, I think uh, he's on quite a lot. So, yeah. yeah. That's maybe where they might fall. But I do, short, I, yeah. I, I do, I do agree that he needs to. Uh, there's, there's, uh, some, at some point, he needs to move on. He needs to 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 be doing something. Oh yeah, Leon have just posted on their Twitter feed a little picture of him riding a bike and giving a thumbs up. No <laughs> petit velo jokes uh, aside. No, rumors of his demise have been uh, greatly <laughs> exaggerated, at least. But um, we move on to with almost a third of the season completed. Now it's time to check on who might be going down or who are struggling. So remember that the bottom two in league uh, are automatically relegated this season, while the third from bottom side will go into a playoff with third in Liga in a similar style to the Bundesliga. So I'm counting anyone at this moment from 14th place. Bastia down, so anyone who's on joint 11 points with them or below that point, um, as teams that are in a spot of early bother. So um, with it being Halloween, Philip, who do you fear for at this this time of the year? Uh, Caen. <laughs> uh, I think they'll... Uh, they're, they're, it was a um, great shout by uh, by Eric a few, uh, a few weeks ago uh, at the start of the season, even before the, before the season, I, I think. Um, they were absolutely toothless. I didn't watch their game at uh, at Lorient. They were absolutely toothless um, at home to uh, to Saint Etienne. They are the worst. I think they are the worst side away from home. No, that's Lorient. Lorient had uh, zero points away from home. Can't have one. Um, but uh, the uh, that that uh, result at Nossi is uh, very very worrying indeed. And um, I just can't see that they, then they're playing uh, Nice, Marseille, Guingamp, uh, Lille away, which uh, could be a, a shall we say half season six point if you if you will. Not even not quite sure where Lille will be uh, in uh, by that time. That time being uh, end of November. But uh, yeah, extremely worried for Caen. Um, and I stand by my point that Nantes are not good enough to stay up. But uh, I don't know if uh, they'll finish second bottom, I think, because this won't be quite contested. I can see Metz uh, getting sucked back in because they keep losing and uh, their their defending is uh, is quite uh, quite poor, which uh, is not exactly the same. Not not the same can be said exactly of Dijon or, or, or Nancy. I mean, it's not great either, but, uh, you know, uh, Metz is particularly, particularly bad. Um, Lorient, as I said before, this, um, by the way, there was this news this uh, this week that Remy Gard turned him down. It was uh, the uh, Lorient chairman who called him, and uh, Remy Gard said, "No, I'm not interested. Uh, I want another challenge in in England, which is fair enough." Um, so Lorient, uh, the assistant manager, is still the manager, if I um, if I'm not mistaken, still reckon that uh, they've got the players to stay up. Not quite sure if, if uh, they'll have to play in that playoff place or or not. Um, but yeah, my two, I, w- I, w- I will say that my two great worries would be Carbottom and the second place contested between Mets and Nott. 
That's an interesting one. And, and you mentioned that, that Lorient job that seems to be something that everyone's trying to run away from rather than go to yes, Ellie Bolton reportedly rejected it. Roland Corbis has reportedly rejected it. Remy Gard, I believe, was was he says he was called by the vice chairman, and the right. president thought he'd never they'd never contacted him, but he rejected it from the vice chairman anyway. So it's very very peculiar. It looks like it might be Hubert Fournier after all. After all that one, they might end up with the right man anyway. But um, Eric, who are you worried about around that bottom of the table? I know you've looked at Colin and said. They they were struggling at the start of the season, but is there anyone else in that that tier, especially around though from fourteenth place downwards? I'm thinking Lorient, Nancy, Lille, Montpellier, Nantes. Is that even Bastia? Is there anyone you really feel for? Uh, I think for me, the teams that that look to be in the biggest trouble are Caen, Nancy, and Metz. Uh, I think that uh, Lorient. They're bottom of the table now, but uh, there's enough there in attack, and if the right manager comes in and gives these young players a chance, I would probably see them rise up the table. They're not as awful defensively uh, as as the three teams I mentioned, uh, and there are a lot of young, intriguing players. We've seen the likes of Waris and Mukanjo uh, have decent scoring seasons, and I, I think that they can build from that. Um, I think that uh, it's... It's really going to be an interesting battle for this this spot, but that that those three look the worst. Mets are just on a horrible run of form. Uh, I they've dropped from third to thirteenth uh, with one win, and that's a that was at Montpellier, uh, the worst defense in the league, uh, back in week seven, uh, more than a month ago. Uh, and other than that, they've they've lost all their matches. Uh, they've struggled to score. Uh, they they the only goal they've scored in October. Uh, was against Paris FC uh, in the Coupe de la Ligue. Uh, they scored uh, two past Nice, sorry, uh, Eric, in October. Oh, that's correct. Yes. yes. They my were mistake, awful, by mistake. the way, um, at, uh, at Paris FC. They were, they were absolutely awful. They looked completely disinterested in the first half, and uh, they, uh, they equalised. I'm not, not going to say unfortunately, because they did push on, but uh, they, it really did, did, did look like um, the, uh, the Europa League syndrome, that uh, this, uh, this League Cup is more of a bother than, uh, than something we want to actually do well in. Um, but, they, yeah, they look completely, uh, completely disinterested in, uh, yeah. in that Kuga League game. For me, Mets look, look worried. I, I do apologize. Mm. I, I forgot about the Nice result. Um, but I think that... I think that their defense is a shambles. I think that they lack a go-to scorer. Uh, Medvlet Erdinch is not uh, that kind of player who's going to be consist- a consistent goal-getter. He s- scores in patches. Um, the rest of the teams down there, I-, I think there's a little bit too much about them. But uh, for me, the worry going going to Khan, the, wor- the worry for Khan is that uh, I don't see Patrice Garand giving enough of a chance to the younger players who can make a difference. Um, I know he did give a, a first start to Jean-Victor Makengo uh, at the weekend, um, but being beaten by Nazi, <laughs> uh, who are their direct rivals, twice in a row has got to be really disheartening. And um, There might be some signs of life there for Nazi as, uh, as Diara and Mondan come back into fitness, but I just don't... I, I still worry about uh, consistent goal scoring for, uh, for Nazi. Uh, so... That's sort of where I'm at. Um, Mets, Colin, and Nancy for those for those bottom three spots. I think Lorient uh, have enough about them to to rise back up the table. Pardon me. 
no matter who the manager is, I mean, it really, it really doesn't. Uh, it really does feel like as uh, as a guy has, um, if he's uh, even half competent at what he does, he has the players at his disposal to stay up, which is you know, which is good. It's a good starting point, at least. Yes, I, I mean it, it is. They also got uh, Jeremy Alliadier. He came on as a sub against uh, against Montpellier. Lorient were actually two 0 up, and they they conceded the a two all draw. Um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Alliadier came on. I mean that guy's not not uh, Lionel Messi, but you know he's got he's got experience. He's you know, he knows Liga. He knows the club as well. Uh, he knows how to. Um, not lose game, which is uh, quite in, quite important when you're fighting not to not to go down, especially as uh, there's uh, only three pots that go down. I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, can see lots of uh, of positive coming from uh, from from Lyon, much more so than uh, other sides. Um, where, where where do we think Lille will uh, will uh, will finish? I mean, how how long will they keep this keep this up? Eric, I'll let you take that if you like. Yeah, no, I, I have a lot of a lot of time for Leo. Let's 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 face it. Ronnie Lopez is an exciting attacking player. Uh, Naim Sleety and Yves Basuma are uh, adjusting to uh, a move up in division and an introduction to league on football in general. Um, there's a lot of potential there. Uh, Leo, they need a little bit more solidity at the back. But once once Basha comes back, I I have faith in that uh, being enough for for Le Dog to stay up. It's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I want to try and talk about the teams around that area now, Philip, mm. that you aren't worried about. Is there a particular team that's in that mix that shouldn't be there and you're thinking in the next couple of weeks will be, or by this time at the end of the season, you will think, well, it's strange that we even thought about them maybe going down at any point in the season. Well, no, I would I would think that uh, Lille would go um, would stop uh, losing, losing games or stop playing bad football at some point. That's what I. That's why I reckon what uh, what will happen. I do believe that Lorient will stay uh, in and around there. Nancy as well. Montpellier probably Montpellier and Bastia are the sides who are the most likely to uh, pull away before um, the last uh, the final hurdle, if you if you will. Montpellier have uh, have got. They didn't do anything in the summer, but they got a few loans on on deadline day. Having Stefan Cicinho is a big uh, is a big plus. Bastia are also a very hard-working team. It's, it's quite um, quite difficult to uh, to beat him at uh, at Chaliani. So uh, regarding those two, I mean, I I did uh, I did say that Montpellier were were should at least be quite uh, worried about uh, about going down. Um, but um, with with all those deadline day deals, I mean, they 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 actually uh, look quite. Uh, um, Shrewd is probably is probably um, uh, too much uh, too much of a compliment, but they, I mean, it looks it looks like an okay squad now, even though it's uh, still a bit uh, a bit lightweight to uh, to end the season. I mean, don't expect Montpellier to go anywhere any, anywhere far in the in the cups. I mean, this season I'm not sure how uh, uh, Lulu Nicolas uh, company is um, uh, going, but he, he he really didn't seem interested into spending any money on on. Um, Improving the squad, that's for sure. So survival would be great. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure the uh, the, the board would be very happy with survival for Montpellier. Eric, is there someone you think that will just flick a switch at some point and and rock it back up the league? Yeah, I'd like to think it's Bastia. Um, I think that Alan Saint Maximins had a great start to the season. 
Um, but between the suspension of Crivelli, uh, the injury to Alexander Giku, uh, they've struggled to have a consistent first choice eleven. And I think that once that that is back, that is back. I think Cicilline demonstrated down the backstretch of last season, he knows how to put a team together uh, to get them to get them clicking. Uh, we've also had a, a decent start to the season from the likes of Diallo and, <clears throat> pardon me, Koulibaly. Uh, Lenny Nanchis is a bit of an enigma. He looks great one week, really poor the next. Um, so as soon as he, he gets uh, his full squad back, and I, I would see Bastia being, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th, comfortably mid-table once again, uh, they were really unlucky not to, not to win on Saturday. I mean, they couldn't have, um, they couldn't have given more against a very resolute Dijon side. And uh, Dijon is another team. I know they're not uh, quite down in that mire, but uh, their their defense has really looked impressive, uh, especially in recent weeks. Uh, Yunus Abdelhamid, Fouad Jafik, uh, Adam Long, the Hungarian youngster, have all really taken the league on fairly well, uh, and, and they've not really missed um, the, uh, the likes of Cedric Farol uh, being suspended against Bastia. So kudos to those two. Uh, Montpellier, I mean... Obviously, they've looked really poor defensively. They have the worst defensive record in the league, but they've also scored 16 goals, um, which is better than than Gangamp, better than Rennes, better than Toulouse, um, better than Saint-Étienne. Um, there's enough attacking intent there that I don't, I don't think once Congre is back fit and fighting, uh, and they they can uh, they can look solid, especially with Cessignon adding that creative energy. He played he played a fairly decent match. Um, I mean, you've got a midfield with the likes of Morgan Sanson. Uh, Elie Shakiri has had a good start to the, to the season as well. I think there's more than enough there for them to be in that same range. Um, maybe at a push, even pushing for European competition. Um, I, that's a long way down. But if uh, and, and Nick Ninga, of course, is a big blow for them. But uh, even even in his absence, they've still managed to score. And I don't think that we should be really worried about Montpellier, uh, despite that that leaky defense. Going back on um, on what we said very early in the show, Skibeskin Skriachi being up for six months, i.e. Uh, most of the season, um, do we think that this defensive solidity is going to be um, more more uh, fragilized by this absence? I mean, it, it has to be, but how how much? I think it's a it's a really big blow for Bastia because the guy the guy is a starter, isn't he? Yes, yeah, he's a yeah, So I mean, yeah. that, that's uh, that has to be a um, really, really bad news for for Bastion. Not that I, not that I think that this will tip them over um, below the relegation bar, but you know, very bad news indeed. Yeah, it's not the kind of news you need at this start. Of, this style of the season, especially that he's going to be out for a long time, and we wish yeah. him the best. And it's hopefully not especially, the end. Especially a guy with his experience. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, it's well, I mean, quite... I think Florian Morange has has been around Bastion for a while. Yeah. And uh, Al Quotari, the loney from Palermo, is set to come back. I think uh, after the winter break as well. So it's not it's not quite as dire as it might seem. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this section with a couple of quick fire questions. I'm gonna give you a couple of the teams around there, and I'm gonna give you a scenario of, of of something possibly happening, or in one case at least not happening, and whether you think that will affect whether they might stay up or not. So I'm gonna start with the bottom club, Lorient, and ask you this, Philip. So. What if Lorient don't pick the right manager, and they do? You th- if they don't have Hubert Fournier coming, if he rejects the uh-huh. job, do you think they may still struggle, and maybe that turns their fortunes on a downturn again? Oh, well, we we already answered the question. I'm afraid it's just 
they've got the, they've got the, the the right players. I mean, okay, some some guys are uh, turning it down, but uh, there are quite a few uh, few talented managers they haven't tried yet, and I wouldn't I wouldn't actually mind uh, them going for uh, the assistant manager or even giving giving the job to uh, to um, to a guy in uh, to a guy in Ligue 2. So uh, I think Lorient will stay up no matter what. Eric, what if Caen get a goal scorer in January? Mm. Uh, Which one? It, it has to be the right kind of goal scorer. I mean, like, like I said, <laughs> Santini, it seemed, um, the way he started the season, to fit that profile. He's the same physical, aggressive presence that is, that, um, pardon me, uh, Andy Dolores. But he, but the fact of the matter is his team's just a little bit too old. You've got Yaya, Sub, Ferre's injured. Uh, there's not... Unless Garand's willing to give chances to those younger players, this team's not going to click. Uh, put some faith in, like, some Mikengo and Karamo. Uh, they've done really well for for the youth team and for their uh, the uh, sorry the French international youth setup as well. I'm not sure if Karamo has been capped, but he's looked fairly bright this season when he's when he's played. I know Mikengo has been capped uh, at youth levels for for the, for the country. Uh, give them a chance. Let them run a little bit. I I understand Garand is fearful for his job, and managers, you know, may tend to be over reliant on veterans with that. But that's the face, fact of the matter is, and I've said this on the podcast a dozen times, so I said it once. Uh, youth can be the way forward for this team, um, and you know, and I, I'm, again, I'm not even sure, you know, what's yeah, what strikers out there that that fits into Khan's budget? Um, maybe getting the likes of a Jean Philippe Mateta on loan from. Leon, um, that could work, uh, but or or maybe Augustin, who we mentioned earlier in, earlier in the program from PSG, someone who's who they're looking to give match time to. But it's really hard to see where that's coming from, unless it's a loan move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip, if Leo keep Frederick Antonetti on as manager for the foreseeable for the entire season, let's say. Hmm. Well, I can't. He, he's never been. Um, I don't think, at least. He's never been relegated, and uh, he he is uh, he's a good manager, not uh, not performing at the uh, at the minutes, and uh, I think uh, being solid at the back, like um, they tried to be against uh, against PSG, um, is is the way forward. I think they are, um, shall we say, uh, under the weather or ill, and that uh, they need uh, a couple of comfort, confidence boosters to to get uh, the results up. First of all, they have to stop conceding goals, and um, um, once 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 they do that, I think they can then start thinking about getting draws, getting wins, etc., etc., etc. So, uh, my yeah, my logic would be that uh, Antonetti stays and Lille do uh, do stay up. Be very surprised if uh, first of all Antonetti would would be to uh, would would get sacked and um, or that uh, if he if he would stay but Lille would go down. That would be uh, would be quite surprising to me. Eric, what if Montpellier lost Riyad Boudibou's in January transfer window? Um, wouldn't be worried. I think that uh, in Cessignon and Sanson. There's enough creative impetus there that the team can still get forward and attack. I mean, Sanson was was brilliant last night. Yes, Lorient's poor defending was perhaps a little bit to blame, uh, but I think there's enough experience there. I'm looking at the likes of Kevin Barrigo as well, Suleiman Kamara. There's the right combination of creative impetus and, ex- and experience in particular there that I wouldn't be worried for Lafayette. 
but I th- yeah, I think at least it was interesting to see what, especially with Antonetti staying, what might happen if certain things tilt a different way as they, they tend to do during a season. But we will finish with our Halloween episode with some heroes and villains. So we'll start with heroes with you, Philip. Um, who is your choice this week? Uh, villains I would have to have to go with um, Bordeaux. Uh, who were extremely extremely negative. I can understand why Marseille was so negative at uh, at PSG, but um, Bordeaux were just uh, not there to play football. Pretty much, pretty much the way uh, they played pretty much last night, the way Marseille played at PSG uh, as a week before, which is absolutely unforgivable for a side with um, with um, the uh, the means to do well and with a manager who is uh, quite um, attacking minded, but. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's quite uh, quite disappointing. Uh, he he would be uh, would be nice. He played uh, absolutely wonderful football. Actually, I'm going I'm I'm going to say Lucien Favre. Um, really, a great manager to have in Liga. He uh, he switched his from his three at the back. He played a four three one two or a four four two a diamond shaped four four two. Belanda playing behind Balotelli and player. We we will have many many times to discuss Nice until the end of the season. But they really are. Um, Playing uh, the, um, the game of best um, the best football in in the country, and I I'm ready to to have that debate later. But I honestly think they are playing uh, they are playing better without Ben Arfa, which is uh, which is amazing uh, considering um, everybody was saying ourselves, including well Ben Arfa's going, the bubble is bursting, uh, nothing will ever be the same, blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, Nice are an absolute joy to watch. Eric, who do you have this week? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think for Hero Baptiste Rene uh, had a fantastic match. He's, you know, not exactly a prospect anymore. I think he's twenty six or twenty seven, uh, playing for Dijon. Had an, another in the stream of a string of really outstanding matches to keep uh, Bastia out uh, and really increase uh, Dijon's chances of staying up. I know they're not in any immediate danger, but uh, coming into the season, this was not a team that most of us had high hopes for. Uh, I think that he's he's really been key to that, as well as the likes of Abdelhamid and Lon. Uh, villain. <laughs> so Philip, okay, I I I I thought this Bordeaux lineup playing the four two three one with Malcolm Camano and and Unas was positive. Uh, those are three mm-hmm. attacking players. I think where Gorvenek gets it wrong is by playing Roland as as a striker. The guy's five nine, you know, uh, probably one hundred and fifty pounds. I'm not sure what that is in kilos. He's a real skinny guy. He's not a target man. And mm. when you've got Gaetan Laborde on the bench, when you've got Enzo Crovelli on loan at Bastia, the options you know, were there for you to play this system. I think it makes a lot of sense. But, and he, he, he does the right thing, Gorvenek does, in, in switching to a 4-2-3-1 in the absence of, of Menez. But the fact of the matter is, you're not going to be able to, to operate in that manner. I think you could either play with a false nine, maybe that being Kamino, uh, or play Laborde as the target man. There's, it's, it's Gorbanek getting it wrong tactically. Those players, if you look at them on paper, are incredibly attacking. Diego Contento and Yusuf Sabali, the fullbacks, the same thing. Uh, they love to get forward. Yeah, uh, I, was, but, I was talking about their performance on the pitch, which was uh, you know, not, uh, not very exciting. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant Bordeaux setting oh. up to play negatively. I didn't think they tried to play negatively. Okay, fair point. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's. Um, I, I, I didn't uh, think of it that way, but yeah, okay. Yeah, 
Yeah. No, I, I think this Bordeaux team has a ton of attacking talent, and, and Gorvanek is not setting things up to get the best out of mm. them. That was that's the thing, you know. I mean, after after last Sunday, which was you know so so exciting, um, I was actually looking forward to this. I was uh, looking forward to to Gouvenec playing uh, an attacking formation. I was looking forward to, uh, to to Rudy Garcia. And what happened is after the uh, the match, uh, a lot of the criticism was uh, towards Marseille, who said, uh, "Okay, they tried to play football. They didn't they didn't have a, a lot of chances." Um, with uh, Prior making two. Two real, two decent saves, I think. But uh, Bordeaux pretty much came out of this um, uncriticized. While they could have done so much more, I mean, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure if had uh, if had they been uh, set up uh, correctly, um, it would have been, you know, it would have been a, a much better game to watch. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't great to watch, and uh, and I was quite disappointed. Yeah, I'm my my own little villain will be the league and selectors who keep putting Marseille on that Sunday night game. It's been six out of the last seven. Thank oh. God next week someone there's someone else playing in that evening game. But uh, that's all that we have time for this week. My thanks to Eric, Philip, and everyone listening at home. The preview show hosted by Eric will be with you on Thursday. And remember to join us for the main show at the same time, same place next week. Abianto and goodbye.